0: This is episode 13. It's called Don't Worry, Be Happy. Hey everyone, it's A Very Bright Life. It sure is. Your life is so bright. I gotta wear shades. We are so happy that you're here with us. Let's do this thing. Anxious? Me? Never. Okay, sometimes. Sometimes. Okay, a lot of the times, Uh, I really do not enjoy sharing my personal experience with anxiety. I don't know, it just, it feels, I want to say embarrassing. That's not right. Maybe it's just, it's just too personal. But I do know I feel more comfortable discussing my journey with anxiety when I front load my symptoms with a caveat that says I've experienced some trauma. I seem, to, I seem to always start by pointing out that the majority of my issues, my issues, are rooted in post-traumatic stress, resulting from some pretty uh, terrifying medical situations with Avery. Most of them were in the early days, but a few were more recently, and I don't know, it's like by explaining that my situation was somewhat thrust upon me by no fault of my own, It frees me from any appearance of weakness as though I'm merely a victim of circumstance. I don't know. My mind may go to the worst case scenario now and then, but you know, I'm normal. Nothing wrong with this gal. (laughs) Apparently my ego requires a little cushion since I clearly need to justify my anxiety. Perhaps if I could maybe carry my psyche around in a little satin pillow or something, that might help. So, okay, this leads me to the subject of today's episode, which is, if you haven't guessed, anxiety, worry, and stress. Because we all feel it. Like, especially now, right? Uh, Pandemic. Even the most, even Stevens, chill bills I know are feeling it. My husband, who is the chillest, most zen dude I know, is totally feeling it. So, of course, when he's stressed, I get all chicken little, and start to catastrophize and fret until I basically just wear myself right out. So yeah, this episode is about the anxiety that we are all feeling as humans and as parents, and in particular, parents who are caring for kiddos with complex medical or developmental needs. It's a stressful gig on a good day. So throw in a deadly virus, and uh, it's a uh, grind your teeth, clench your shoulders, knot your fists, and sleep with one eye open level kind of anxiety, you know, and ironically, (laughs) this morning, something happened to remind me how anxiety, PTSD related or otherwise can be triggered quite suddenly. So thank you to the person who freaked me the hell out. I'm not going to call anybody out. But let's just say I got out of bed, I looked and somebody was doing something that scared me. I'm not going to go into a lot of details, but it freaked me out to the point where I started crying uncontrollably. Um, it just triggered all my like deep-rooted fears. And let me just say that this person is very replete with uh, with remorse, and he said he made a very bad choice. I mean, don't get me wrong, I'm all up for a prank, I love a joke, I love watching those videos where people like jump out and scare other people, but I don't like it when it's done to me. So, kind of ironic timing though, right, that I'm talking about anxiety and PTSD, and then, you know, one person who's supposed to make you feel safe scares the crap out of you. Now, in, my, in his defense, my hormones are out of control, And today our son graduates from high school. So I'm I'm basically an emotional basket case. So it was just really bad timing. Uh, Anyway, I digress. I do not love talking about anxiety, but I know I should talk about it because I'm not alone, especially when I understand how it feels to parent a child with a disability in a pandemic. So I found some things that help though, and they make life gentler. So by avoiding the topic of mental health, I'm really not helping anyone, am I, or myself? So here we go. If I'm honest, because I don't like to be a liar, liar, pants on fire, I have always had a tendency to worry, like nothing major, just your average worries about life and death and the things that we cannot control. And I also have a very active imagination and surprise, surprise, a flair for the dramatic. So all that just kind of adds fuel to the fire. A little background. When Avery was little and we were in the thick of it, the it being all the scary medical stuff and everything, I, I worried, but I never really full out panicked. I don't think I had time or, or maybe I just couldn't let myself go there. But eventually my anxiety it grew and it, Began to negatively affect my life. And that's when I wrapped my delicate little superego in a soft, downy blanket and I took it with me to see the doctor. And through some cognitive behavioral therapy techniques, some meditation and exercise, and really using humor to diffuse stressful situations, I was able to reboot my happy, healthy headspace pretty much. And then for many, many years in a row, I felt pretty good. There were the very occasional, like, here we go again, I can't catch my breath or sleep or eat moment. But by breathing through it, like literally breathing through it, or even just acknowledging it and letting it pass, I was able to hold it together. But then suddenly, out of the blue, for no apparent reason, and this is even before the pandemic, I had this panic attack for seemingly no reason. And it really took me by surprise. So here's the Reader's Digest version, just to put it into context. So what a panic attack looks and feels like, just in case you've never experienced one. So Avery was invited to a birthday party, which was just lovely. I mean, for a kid who isn't always included, this was a truly happy rainbow unicorn moment. And it was a drop off at somebody's house kind of party, which is cool. And Avery was totally up for it, obviously. And I mean, I thought I was okay with it. I know the parents, I trust them. And the girls at the party are super caring and kind. And I was all like, won't this be fun? Blah, 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 blah. So I drop her off. And then I go back home to get some work done. And as I sat at my computer, I was like, do they have my cell number? Uh, I better text it to them just in case. And then I, I don't know, I just didn't feel right. I was like, Am I hungry? My stomach felt totally off. And I was like, oh, is it hot in here? I'm feeling kind of warm, but also kind of cold and shivery. And then I'm like, oh, great. I hope I'm not getting sick. And then I'm sitting there and I'm trying to imagine what Avery was doing at the party. And I was thinking, oh, God, I hope she's not running around with food in her mouth. Because I think they were having pizza and Avery's choked on pizza crust before. Yeah, you know where this is going. So my stomach was was in total knots, and I started having a hard time catching my breath. And, I mean, I could breathe. I just couldn't take in a full breath of air. You know that feeling? It's so uncomfortable. And then I noticed that my heart was beating funny and faster than normal. And then one of my arms felt cold, and it was kind of tingly and almost numb. And I thought, oh my God, I can't believe this, but I'm, I think I'm having a heart attack. So I even thought about calling 911 or maybe going next door to the neighbors so I didn't pass out and like die alone. Did I mention that can be a bit dramatic? So instead, though, um, I did a breathing exercise. I had a glass of water and then I went outside into the backyard for some fresh air and I started to feel better and I felt relieved. But also I felt super pissed off. I mean, why, after all the work that I did to get my anxiety under control, would this happen for no reason? But the thing is, there was a reason. It was Avery being away from me at a party out of my sight. And it was the old fears and anxiety um, like bubbling up and over. And it felt awful. And it also felt like a giant step backwards. So in the following weeks after that episode, even though I knew why I was feeling anxious, it just seemed to get progressively worse. And my startle reflex... Was through the roof. Like any sudden loud noise, and I jump like a startled cat. And I mean, the kids thought it was hilarious. Guess what? Not hilarious. And my heart um, beat continued to be a bit wonky, and it would just start racing for absolutely no reason. And I don't know. I knew the panicky stuff from before was anxiety, but Avery was fine, so there was nothing to worry about. So this had to be something different. And that's when I started diagnosing myself with all the grim ailments. You know, the ones. And my, my husband listened sympathetically to my parasympathetic laundry list of possible illnesses, but he refused to play along. Instead, he suggested, cautiously, because he'd been married for a long time and he knows how to deal with hot mess, Lisa. Uh, he suggested it was anxiety, possibly, maybe. And then he slowly backed away, but I really didn't see how it could be. I mean, I was actually, I don't know, I was actually pretty good at clearing away the worry clouds with my own breaths. Like this one time, way before COVID, when we could actually, you know, be with people and do things like get lash extensions. I mean, what? That seems so silly and frivolous to me now, but I mean, I haven't even worn a stitch of makeup, let alone lashes for like, I don't know, a year and a half. Well, <clears throat> Oh dear. Well, I did wear mascara once for this photo shoot thing. I felt like I looked so extra. It looked weird. Anyway, back to the self-care lash days. So I'm okay, I'm lying on the lash lady's table and I could feel myself slipping into this anxious state because I really don't like having my eyes taped shut. And you know, when you start feeling anxious, if you don't get ahead of it, it just, it'll just blow up which makes me even more anxious. And well, then it's just basically game over. So I repeated this meditative mantra in my head until I felt calm. Now, okay, first of all, I was super tired and distracted. So I couldn't remember the specific words to this new ohm meditation chant that I just learned. So I improvised and I was lying there. Now this is in my head. I'm not doing it out loud. I'm not a complete weirdo, but I was like, uh, how does it go? Om Shaka Khan shamalama Ding Dong. <laughs> I repeated that mantra over and over in my head. And um, you know, whatever works, right? Oh God, that makes me laugh. But chants, these chants really do work no matter what words you use, even Shamalama Ding Dong. So, and it did work and I was able to calm my mind and relax my breathing and slow my heart and just, you know, lie there and Enjoy my quiet eyelash extension pampering. Oh, those were the days. So yeah, I did the things that I learned to do to get myself healthy and strong and in control. And I did them all and I was okay for a while. And then the pandemic hit and oh, good God, I was not okay. I had a full-blown panic attack during the first month of COVID. I wrote a bit about it and yeah, it was pandemic-inspired, for sure. But it had deeply rooted PTSD origins, I think. I felt, I don't know, I felt annoyed and frustrated because I convinced myself that the PTSD was finally gone. Except, as we know, PTSD is never really gone. Like, not completely. Anyway, ask any parent of a child with disabilities or underlying medical issues, and they will tell you that a mutating virus is pretty unnerving. I mean, it's scary for everyone, but it's especially frightening for people in more vulnerable populations. And, you know, you may not... I haven't haven't really talked about this here, but uh, we nearly lost our daughter uh, when she was an infant. And to this day, I watch her and I worry. And this pandemic has been... It's been emotionally exhausting. And I... I feel like I should acknowledge that um, we are very lucky and we are very grateful, and I know that there are other families who weren't as lucky as we are, so I just, just wanted to say that. Oh, that took an emotional turn. <laughs> Did I tell you that my hormones are out of hand? Sebastian's graduation tonight is going to be uh, a train wreck. It really is, because I'm already emotional just thinking about it, so anyway... <laughs> I promised him I wouldn't embarrass him. Oh, okay, so anyway, I was on TikTok, shocker, the other day, and there was something that caught my attention, and I can't find the person who posted or find or find anything online about it actually. But this man was talking about CUS, cumulative uncertain, or maybe uncertainty of stress or something. Um, so he was saying basically that stress has an arc and it has a peak and then a resolution. And we know how to handle that. But this stress, the kind that we're all under right now and have been for a year and a half, is different. The what happens next, the variance, the will I have a job tomorrow, the financial mess, there's no definitive end or resolution and things can and have changed without warning. And the stress just adds up and piles on and it's a lot. I'd say cuss, makes me want to cuss. You know, all the F-bombs are fully warranted, just gonna say. So that was interesting to me. And I don't know if this applies to the pandemic times because there's really no handbook for this S show, but for life in general, they say that only 8% of our worries are realistic. So, and of those, we can actually only do something about half. So this means that 96% of the things that we spend time worrying about are a useless waste of time. So knowing this, like, I know these facts. Why do we why do I worry so much? I've actually worried about this. Oh, and interesting and maybe a weird side note. I noticed about a year ago that (laughs) okay, it's probably an overshare. But I had I have this um, elongated skinny bump on the end of my tongue. So I had my dentist check it out, and I was worried, obviously, that it was like a tumor or some growth or something bad. Um, Know what it was? Yeah, it's a callus. It's uh, from jamming my tongue against the back of my teeth. And my tongue, after being wedged so often and so forcefully into that little space, I'm pointing to it right now, between my front teeth, it formed a permanent callus. So that's unique. Oh God! Anyone else have that? I googled it. I can't find anybody else. So yeah, I like to be a, a trendsetter. Um, all right. So I have a theory that warriors have three things in common. So number one, we need to be in control. Yeah, I can vouch for that. We dictate and delegate, but then end up doing everything ourselves because everybody else just does it wrong. We like to organize and compartmentalize and strategize and basically orchestrate the outcome of like everything. I have a friend who hates driving on the highway. It scares the bejesus out of her. But if she drives, like if she's literally the person in the driver's seat and is in control, she's not scared because she's in control. So when we realize we can't actually control nature or destiny, we freak out a little. And if we can't control it, we worry about it. Number two, warriors have very vivid imaginations. Guilty as charged. Having a creative mind is a blessing, but for those who are predisposed to worry, it can be a curse. Like a dog barking outside isn't just a dog barking outside. Instead, we imagine it's a warning that a murderer is just seconds from breaking in imaginers take on an ordinary scenario and then we twist it into something into something else usually something ridiculous number three worrying is in the genes this is true I come from a long line of worriers you can identify us by our wringing hands and our worry lines now Avery doesn't worry about anything and I I really envy that Sebastian however worries like me He's also super creative and he has a vivid imagination. So yeah, sorry about that, Sebastian. Okay, let's review. Anxiety sucks. It's exhausting and it's definitely not productive. It's uncomfortable. It can make us sick. And if we let it get the best of us, it can kill us. Dramatic, yes, but true. Uh, Okay, so here is the helpful bit, I hope. Here are 10 things that have helped me. Number one, medication is not a failure. It's not a shortcut. It doesn't make you weak. Talk to your doctor. And if there's something that can help you, just get it and take it, at least until you can do some therapy or until whatever is stressing you out is under control. Number two get that therapy yeah girl in person online or even through a book or a video like just get it or at least talk to somebody a friend a family member somebody you trust and number three is sleep and oh my god why is something that is supposed to be natural so unnatural it's not easy so there's going to be more on that in an upcoming episode episode 15 i think because i've got some tips and a ridiculous story about sleep for you. So yeah, the bottom line is lack of sleep makes you loopy. If you're tired, it just throws everything off. Also, drink enough water because when I don't, I feel extra tired and foggy and just that. Number four, breathe. Like do actual breath work. I wrote a post on these two really easy mindful breathing techniques that I use that I find super helpful, and Avery uses them too, and. They're life changing. So, I'll link to that post uh, about those in the show notes so you can check them out. I'm sure you've seen them before, but it's always nice to have a bit of a reminder and a demonstration. And the person doing the demonstration is amazing. So, you have to check her out. It's Jewel. You know, Jewel from the 90s? Love her. So, yeah. Breathing is natural and it's something that we have to do to live obviously, but the benefits of controlled methodical breathing is totally underrated. And also not exactly related to breathing, but it's related indirectly, like it's mouth related. I was reading this article about when you're feeling stressed or if you can feel your anxiety kicking in, you should relax your face, like hang your jaw loose. Okay, do it right now, just (laughs) as I'm speaking. Let your jaw go loose, relax your tongue and just let your face go completely slack and just let it ride for a bit. <laughs> it looks ridiculous. Like I feel like I look like if Jabba the Hut and a troll had a baby, that's me. <laughs> but it's worth it because it totally works. And bonus, it gives my poor calloused tongue a little rest. So try it and then send me a picture. Okay, number five, find a mantra. And it can be an established one. Feel free to use my Shemalama ding-dong one. Or you can make one up of your own. And whenever you start to feel anxious, just repeat it over and over in your head. Like, in your head. Or you can say it aloud if you want to. And it really, really works. It always calms me down. And I, I think it's because we're concentrating on the words and we're distracted from whatever it is that's worrying us in the moment. And of course, it's not a permanent solution. But... I don't know, I find it's enough to get me over the hump, most times, anyway. And this is similar in theory to a practice called cue-controlled relaxation. And it's when you choose one word, like it could be any word, it could be calm, or settle, or flow. Whatever word sort of resonates with you, and then that word is paired with a relaxation technique, like paced breathing, or um, progressive muscle relaxation, And then through daily practice, your mind and your body become conditioned to relax when you repeat that word. It's cool. So I'll link an article uh, about that in the show notes so you can read more about it. Number six, this is going to be a highly unpopular one, but cut out alcohol, or at least drink less alcohol. I know. What? (laughs) For those who don't know, I used to be a party blogger and I would write about like cocktails and I hosted wine tastings and yeah and at the beginning of the pandemic I was the girl with the boxes of wine like I had one white and one box of red and I actually posted this video of me using them to do bicep curls but the white one which was mine was so much lighter than the red one which was my husband's which is funny except not really except not funny at all really because I don't know. Drinking during the pandemic to alleviate the stress for me only made my stress worse. It messed up my sleep a big time. And I, you know, and I already knew this, but I was reminded that alcohol is actually a depressant. So the more you drink, the more depressed and anxious and crappy you feel. So you drink more to make yourself feel happier and better. And yeah, just around and around it goes. So on November 1st last year, I just stopped drinking completely, like done. And it was, I'll be honest, it was hard at first. I felt like, I felt like I really missed it. But then I realized that I really, really didn't. And when I noticed that I was sleeping better and feeling happier and less anxious, that was just, that was just it for me. So will I ever drink again? Maybe, probably, probably. I mean, I saw this TikTok trend. It's that Corona sunrise drink. And um, I really want to sip one on a dock this summer. So maybe I will. And yeah, did I have a super, super crappy day a few months ago and come home and chug a beer because I just felt like it? Yeah, just the one. So I'm not counting it as breaking my streak. But did it make me feel better? Honestly, kind of. But then I went for a walk with the dog and the fresh air and I felt even better. So I don't know, whatever makes you feel comfortable. I just, the more I learn about the crap that you put in your body and what it does to your innards. And I don't know, it just wasn't for me. Number eight, social media. I love it and I hate it and I love it. And it has the to teach us so much. And I mean, let's face it without it, the pandemic would have been just bloody awful and lonely and social media has got some definite pluses, but it's also like just way too much. The negativity and the whining and the bitching and the witch hunts and the finger pointing and just stupid, immature squabbling and the mean stuff. Oh, I hate the mean stuff. And the scary facts and the predictions, it just stirs up my anxiety so much. And so I just really try hard to steer clear of it because I just can't. And I try not to fall down that nasty, yelly rabbit hole that people get into, like especially in the comments, dear God. But it's hard because it can be really entertaining. But then after when the smoke clears, I'm just over here feeling angry or sad or whatever and definitely anxious So funny puns and cat videos for me, it is. (laughs) Number nine, a word about CBD and THC. So what do I want to say about this? Well, first, I'm all for it. I mean, cannabis is, in my opinion, a better choice over alcohol, health-wise and otherwise. And CBD specifically has so many positive effects from relaxing, to pain management, to controlling seizures, to helping with sleep, to calming anxiety. It is all good. I've tried CBD teas, like CBD, the drink tea. And I don't know, I didn't actually feel anything. The tea was tasty, though. and But I think in terms of CBD, it's a cumulative thing, I think. So the tea is actually kind of expensive. So I really didn't continue or get a good trial. So I can't really make an assessment. But I've also tried some CBD THC combos. I think they're called balance blends. And they're pretty good. Nothing too wild. I did feel them. And I can definitely say I slept like a baby. And then there's going to be more on that in the sleep episode. But the one thing I'll say here is that for anxious people, um, maybe not for everybody, but for me too high of a THC content makes me more anxious than relaxed which apparently is super funny to people around me like outwardly I appear to be quite entertaining but inside I'm all like please let this be over soon and I think that the cops are coming and why is he talking about the topography of Mars like he's some kind of alien geologist (laughs) he had to be there for that but oh my god So yeah, I'm I'm not dissing THC at all. It's just for anxious people with a tendency toward like paranoia, let's say, maybe stick to CBD heavy stuff with a lower THC amount. Just saying. The CBD alone didn't really do anything for me at all, but adding a smattering, like a small amount of THC, that was good for me. You get the relaxation and the calming effect without that. Oh my God they all know, they know, (laughs) feeling. Nobody's going to know. They're going to know. How would they know? And if you know that feeling, if you know what I'm talking about, oh God, yeah. Oh, and another topic to explore is the concept of microdosing psilocybin. That's mushrooms or shrooms for the layperson. I don't have any personal experience with this, so I can't comment, but I have read and heard from actual in real life people, that it's pretty incredible. It's like, it's not a high or a hallucinogenic situation at all. It's not meant for a party. It's meant for managing anxiety. It's relaxing. And it's supposed to help you focus, which dear God, I could use that on a daily basis. It can have positive effects on ADHD. And it's been said to greatly reduce depression. I'm not going to say cure depression, but it's been shown to have some really positive outcomes. But like I said, I'm not an expert. So I'm going to link in the show notes to my friend Jackie's podcast. She's got a really great episode with an actual expert on the subject of microdosing psilocybin, and it is a good one. So have a listen. And um, on a similar note, but different note, coffee, I mean, it's a drug. I love it. But I admit that when I drink too much, I am a jittery mess. So I've gone off coffee several times, but I always feel more calm and like level When I go off it but come on it's the simple pleasures in life right the ritual of tasty coffee in the morning is just too good to give up so not to mention the helpful jolt because sometimes I just need that so yeah I know it's not great for me but you know you gotta live number 10 this is the final one there are so many things we can do to ease our anxiety but these are just a few of the ones that help me So for the final one, I'm going to read this quote. You've probably heard it. And it's the basic, I guess, the basic premise of mindfulness and meditation. And it's this. If you are depressed, you are living in the past. If you are anxious, you are living in the future. If you are at peace, you are living in the moment. And that is by Lao Tzu. Good old Lao. (laughs) Okay, I don't know who he was, but I dig what he was throwing down, living in the moment, in the present. That is it. That is the thing that we are all striving to do. And I find when I'm feeling super anxious, it's always because I'm either reliving something in my head or um, I'm, I don't know, I'm obsessing over something that happened in the past. Usually it's something scary with Avery or I'm worrying about how something might be or feel in the future. So that's where the daily meditation really helps. And do I meditate daily? Um, no. <laughs> I try to. I mean, I plan to every day. But then something comes up and I push the good thing, the helpful thing, aside. Because meditation, the hard thing, the boring thing, just isn't a priority. Which is so ridiculous because the days when I do meditate, even even just for like five minutes, I always have a better day because of it. So I need to remember that. So that is it then for this episode. And I'll just sum up to say we are all stressed. Global pandemics are a titch stressful. Parenting is challenging. Parenting a child with disabilities is extra challenging. And overall, pandemic parenting is next level anxiety provoking. Anxiety is nothing to be ashamed of. It's normal. But just because it's normal, it doesn't mean we have to accept it and live with it. There are things we can do to help alleviate the stress. There are people who can help. Talking about anxiety is a good thing. It's actually more than good. It's 100% necessary. And we're going to be okay. So if you were looking for Avery in this episode, she's actually outside helping her dad with some yard work, and she's not here for this one because, I don't know, I didn't feel like it was relevant for her. But next week will be our 14th episode, and it is all about Avery. We're calling it her champagne episode. So it's her. It's the number 14 episode in her 14th year. So it's going to be a Q&A with all questions for and about Avery. So you send them, and she will answer them. So if you have a question for my darling daughter, please message me. So all my social links are in the show notes. And you can DM me on Instagram or Facebook or send me an email. And I'll get your questions to Avery, and she'll answer them all for you next week. So take care, friends. Keep calm and carry on. The light is shining bright at the end of this tunnel. Oh, hi. I thought I was done, but I just realized I have one more thing. Uh, We've ended every single episode with a joke. And so since this is episode 13 and I'm mildly superstitious, I thought I better not mess with that. Here's a joke. Not appropriate for Avery, so I'm doing this one. I bought some shoes from a drug dealer. I don't know what he laced them with, but I've been tripping all day. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please don't forget to subscribe. And if you liked what you heard, please give us a good review. Otherwise, let's just not speak of it. And if you'd be so kind and you'd like to share, more people will find us and this beautiful, bright community will continue to grow. See you next time.